Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. and say, Lord, thank you. Just say, Lord, thank you. Lord, speak to me. Just ask him. Just ask him. Tell him, say, Lord, please speak to me. Say, Lord, I'm here. Lord, I am here for you. Nothing is hidden. Lord, feel free. Tell him, Lord, even feel free to walk me if you need to walk me. Feel free to speak to me. Feel free to touch me. Whatever you need to do, Lord, please do it in me today, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Amen. I'm excited. Today we're going to do the part three of our message, God Chaser message. We've been talking about God seekers or God chasers, how to become a God seeker. And the first Sunday we talk about different kind of seekers. I took you through seven different kind of seekers. Uh, but we talked about the eighth one, which is people who are just pure God seeker. And that's where we want to be. Amen. Last week, we talked about the foundation of repentance as a necessity. That unless there is a change of mind, unless we, there's a change in our mind towards sin, towards God, uh, we will be building our life and our Christian life on a very, very weak foundation. And repentance is very important. We also examine what are the fruits of repentance. We say repentance is of the heart, but when there's repentance, there must be fruits that we show that we have truly changed the way we think. Hallelujah. Today, the Lord wants me to speak about the gift of hunger. The gift of hunger or the blessing of hunger. See, hunger is, uh, is one of those things that we take for granted, but is very critical to our existence, both in the physical. But today we're going to talk about spiritual hunger as a gift from God that enables us to be able to explore, all right, to be able to get to where the Lord wants us to get to. The Lord uses hunger as a way to draw us to where he wants us to go. Amen. And I would like to go to, you know, verse 3 of that scripture that we read, the passage we read, about 14 verses, uh, beautifully read by our sister Asia. Uh, but we're going to read verse 3, and I want all of us to read it together. I, I thought it's a very, very interesting and uh, very, very amazing verse of scripture. If you, can, uh, get, if you can read, let's read it together. One, two, go. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Very, very interesting passage. It was, it was, this is Moses talking. I mean, for those of you who don't know, the book of Deuteronomy was, uh, was a speech, really. It was a speech that Moses gave 
a long speech. I, I can't imagine. I mean, you know, many chapters and verses. But it was a speech Moses gave before the Lord took him. All right? The Lord was going to take Moses. And Moses now took time to explain to the children of Israel what has happened you know, from Egypt, from when he took over until now. So he gave them a summary, but not just a summary. He was putting his commentary, you know, like a perspective. So he was reminding them, look, this is what happened to you. This is what has happened in this past 40 years. We've been through a lot. The Lord delivered you. You went through the wilderness. Remember what happened. Remember how the Lord did this. On top of that, he was putting commentary. He was explaining to them, you know, why some of those things happened. So this verse kind of describes, you know, it's in that light. So he said, some of the things you've gone through, in fact, all the things you've gone through, the Lord was humbling you. And it was him that caused you to hunger. I want you to know, you see that. It says, the Lord that caused you to hunger. Now he caused you to hunger, then he fed you. All right? And the children of Israel went through that. I'm sure in their mind they were wondering. They just thought we were hungry. They just, you know, even when they were hungry, they were angry, right? Hungry people tend to be angry people, right? So they were hungry, and they said, it was the Lord working. He fed you, I mean, he caused you to hunger, and he fed you with manna. But there was a purpose. You didn't even know where the manna come from. The goal was to teach you the man does not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So Moses was trying to say, look, manna was a spiritual food. In fact, it was a picture of the word of the Lord. It was a, it was a shadow of God's word. The Lord just wanted to show you that he can feed you, that he can take care of you, that you, you, know, you can't just live by bread alone, right, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of, mouth of the Lord. Now, in the later verses, then he warned them that you're going to go to the land of promise, where you are going to be fed, you know, but I want to challenge you to somehow maintain the hunger, you know, because there is a curse of being full. Being full in the spirit is not always a good thing. There must be a hunger. So he said in verse 10, you know, when you have eaten and you're satisfied, make sure you continue to hunger for God. Make sure you praise the Lord your God, all right? Make sure you know, you put him first. You know, make sure you do not forget him. Make sure you put things in perspective. Make sure you know that, you know, these things you have did not come of yourself, right? Just always remember there was a time you had nothing and he fed you. Praise the name of Jesus. So hunger is something that is very fundamental to spiritual health. Now, in the physical, hunger is really, what is hunger? I believe hunger, I mean, I would describe hunger as God-orchestrated discomfort, right? It's a discomfort we have that matches our needs with our wants, right? Food is a need. I think probably the, I think scientists, doctors will say, the, 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 I think the highest we can go is how many weeks? Six weeks without food if you have water. Maybe six weeks, maybe to eight at most. So food is a need. We need food to survive, right? But sometimes a need is not always a want. You know, sometimes the fact that you need something doesn't mean you always want what you need. So hunger is God's way of aligning both so that we can be healthy. 
Because it is possible that someone needs something and they don't want it. You know, that, you know, and you've seen people in that situation. There are times when people are sick, for example, they don't want food. Right? That doesn't mean they don't need food. Right? So they are not hungry. So they can't eat. They don't have appetite. Some of you have gone through that, right? So even when someone is sick in the hospital, maybe they don't have the ability or capacity to eat. Maybe they had some surgery. Maybe they've lost appetite or maybe something. I mean, they don't just say, you don't want food. Therefore, let's wait until they want food. Right? We still find other ways of feeding those people because food is a need. So hunger is how God matches those two together, right? So that our need is matched with, by our, 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 our wants, right? Our desire. Praise the name of Jesus. Hunger is also a sign of health. You see, lack of hunger is a sign of sickness. You know, one of the signs of sickness is someone doesn't want to eat. They don't have appetite. They don't feel like eating. They find it very difficult. So when there is no hunger, when there is no, when there is hunger rather, or when someone is not hungry, most times it's a sign that something is wrong with their health. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, another fact I want to tell you about hunger is the object of your hunger, what you what you are hungry for, is a key indicator of your future health. Right. If somebody is always hungry for junk food, so we can tell where the person is going to be in a few years, right? Your, your craving is always for Big Mac, you know, double, with double cheese, McDouble, you know, with a big giant Diet Coke. Have you seen those people? <laughs> the guy on that <laughs> double cheeseburger, and he get a Diet Coke. You're like... I think the Diet Coke is supposed to cancel the effect of the bug. <laughs> Hallelujah. If, you're, if, if, you're, if your craving is always for junk food, then we can predict your health. That, your health, you know, that very soon you're going to be an unhealthy person. So the, the object of our hunger is an indicator of our future health. Hallelujah. Now in the spiritual Hunger is also very important because hunger is like an escort that takes us into the deeper things of God. You see, hunger leads us to adventure. You know, if you see a Christian that is not spiritually hungry, you know, they are not, they are not going to go anywhere. They are not going to experience God in any meaningful way. Spiritual hunger is a necessity for us to experience what God wants us to experience. And God uses hunger as a way to draw us into himself. And sometimes many of us even miss those indicators of hunger. And I think the children of Israel, that's the warning that Moses was giving to them so that they can understand that it was the Lord that caused them to hunger. Sometimes people go through challenges, moments, you know, the Lord brings them and they seek God. And most of us, you know, they seek God and after the, you know, after the Lord just answered their prayer or something happened, the issue get resolved, and they just move away from God. They just say, you know what, he did it, so let me go back and have fun. And they wait for the next moment of crisis to come back to God. Now, what Moses is saying here is, 
It is the Lord that put those hunger there. It is the Lord humbled you. It caused you to need him, right? It caused you to be in a position where you say, God, if you do this for me, I'm going to serve you. How many of us have been in that situation? God, if you save me. Lord, if you heal me. God, if you keep me alive. Sometimes we even pray those prayers in split second. You know, you're in an accident and your mind is just saying, God, if I survive this, I am going to serve you for the rest of my life. Whatever you tell me to do, I will do. And what tends to happen is we, you know, we, we obey it for like a week, two weeks. The next Sunday, you are the first person in church. You are like, I'm going to serve God the rest of my life. By the following month, two months, uh, you know, you kind of say, uh, you know, it's done it now. I think I can, I think I've paid my dues. And that is what Moses is saying. Moses is warning the children of Israel that don't let that hunger go. The Lord did it on purpose. So you can know, right? So you can know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. So God does that because spiritual things don't come to us without spiritual hunger. My question to you is, are you hungry? And if you are, what are you hungry for? As a matter of fact, all of us are really hungry. All of us, we, we are hungry spiritually. Everyone is hungry. Everyone is hungry. You know, sometimes the hunger expresses itself in a, in a desire and seeking for purpose, seeking for meaning, meaning of life. What am I here for? If you have ever asked yourself such a question, why am I even here? What is the purpose of this life? What is the purpose of all this? You know, you know, there's something deep in you. There's a hunger in everyone. The problem is sometimes we just feed on junk food. You know, we find other things to feed that hunger instead of the real thing, the real food from God. It's like, it's like when my wife and I go to a restaurant, we, we have this nice restaurant not too far from us that we'll go. And we like those restaurants where they'll give you some nice bread, you know, before, you know, some of this chocolate bread, very nice, you know, nice bread. We, we rank them based on some of those things. The problem is when we're there and my wife loves bread. Oh, bread is... Uh... So they give you some of this nice bread with butter, you know, you just, you know. Then you're talking and you're eating the bread, you know. And I just ordered my filet mignon and I'm just waiting and I'm not eating all day. Sometimes I do that. But I find myself eating the bread, forgetting myself. By the time the food comes, I'm full with junk. And I'm not able to enjoy my nice steak that I ordered. Well done. <laughs> you know. That's, that's like life. That's what life, that's like us sometimes. You know, we fill it with things that are not what we really need. You know, so spiritual hunger is, is a necessity, you know, to get spiritual things. I'm going to go through a few verses that I think are very important. First Peter 2.2. 2. First Peter 2.2 2 says, and I want us to read those scriptures. Let's, I want us to read them together. I have about four of them that really address this. Uh, there are more. Can we read it together on the, from the screen? One, two, go. Like newborn babies 
crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you might grow up in your salvation. Now, there has to be a craving. You see, you don't grow. Growth, spiritual growth, don't come to you without spiritual hunger. You know, that spiritual hunger is called crave. You see, the Lord put craving in children. That's the only way they grow. Children grow because they eat. And they eat, they eat and we feed them because they crave, right? They start crying. And we know, we know they are hungry. And he said the same thing in the spirit, there must be a craving for the pure spiritual milk from God for us to experience growth. So growth is God's blessing. Craving is what allows us to feed on God's word to get to a place of growth. Let's read another scripture. I believe it's Matthew 5, 6, right? Matthew 5, 6. Can we read it together? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Righteousness is a necessity, right? But we must hunger and thirst for it. We must desire it. We must yearn for it. Look at how he described it. Who hunger? You know, just like in the natural, we are hungry. Are you hungry for righteousness? Are you thirsty for righteousness? Are you, are you thirsty for God? Essentially, that is what he's saying. Those who, are, who do that, they are blessed because God fills them. The reason why we don't experience God's righteousness is because we don't have the appropriate hunger. Or we don't know how to channel our spiritual hunger to seek the right food of righteousness. Praise the name of Jesus. I'd like us to read another verse. I believe it's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. Can we read it? 1 Corinthians 12, 31. Let's go. 1, 2. Now eagerly desire the greater gift, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. He said, eagerly desire. Even spiritual gifts don't come without a desire. You're not just going to sit down there, and the Lord will whack you with some spiritual gift. Just, just slap prophecy on you or just slap you with uh, some gift of healing. No, no, no. It doesn't happen that way. It happened, be, the first thing it does is put a desire in you for them. You know, you eagerly seek them. You know, eagerly seek them. The Bible says those who seek him early will find him. You know, seeking is very important. He said, knock, you know, ask, and it shall be given, right? Seek, and you shall find. And knock, and the door shall be opened. So that verse is describing the intensity of a seeker. Someone who genuinely really want to know him. Someone who genuinely really want to experience him. It takes having a spiritual hunger to experience God in a meaningful way. I love uh, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17. Proverbs chapter 8 is a book of wisdom. It's a chapter of wisdom. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. Well, Proverbs 8 is, the, is really, really the chapter of wisdom. He actually started from verse 1 by saying, look, wisdom is always crying out. You know, God's wisdom, wisdom is crying out. Wisdom is always crying out. But he, in verse 17, this is one of the things wisdom says. Let's read it together. One, two, go. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. My question for you is, are you really seeking? Are you hungry for God? Or do you just come, you know, because you have to? Or are you just interested in, you know, in fire insurance? Do you just come here so you don't go to hell? You grow up, your father, your mom told you, if you don't, if you don't believe in Christ, 
you know, you go to hell. And you say, let me just do the minimum to make it. Or are you truly hungry for God? Are you here to just meet some social needs? Are you here because, you know, your friends are here? You're just here? Are you here for other reasons and you have not crossed? And we talked about there's a time in our life when you cross, when you pivot, when you change, when, you know, you begin to truly, truly become hungry for God. I mean, not just for what he does, for what he gives, just for who he is. That is the kind of hunger the Lord is expecting from us. I'll read a few verses that I also thought, I mean, they are not in the PowerPoint, but I'll just go through them. Uh, you know, uh, they are verses from Psalms that I thought, you know, are very, very powerful. Psalm 42. Psalm 42 from verse 1 and 2. He said, as the deer pants after the water brooks, so my soul pants after you. Oh God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When will I come and appear before God? Look at the object of his hunger. This is David. Look at the object of his hunger. It's God. He said, my soul, you, my soul pant. Look at the words he's using. Look at the intensity of his heart. My prayer for you, you will develop that kind of hunger for God. You know, you develop that kind of hunger. These are, and the funny thing is, these are his personal prayer. You see, as we were singing uh, the song we sang uh, this morning, we are here for you. You know, corporately, that song is powerful. But I wish many of us sing like that in our private life. You see, I wish that becomes really, I wish we really pay attention to the words of those songs, and that becomes something we take home. Because, you see, church here is supposed to teach us, to equip us, to empower us, inform us on how to live our life outside of church. We are not Christians in church. We only learn how to be Christians in church, right? The real essence of our Christianity must be proven outside of here, in our homes, as husbands, as wives, as children, you know, as brothers and sisters, as workers, as neighbors. That's where we prove who we are. I'm hoping that some of these words will resonate with us. You know, and you're going to go before God and say, you know, I just, I just want you. I need you. You know, my heart are open. Nothing is eating. Lord, let your, you know, just consume me. I mean, some of these worship songs we sing, they are unbelievable. They are amazing if we can somehow translate them into our private conversation with God. This is David's private conversation with God. Just imagine how God will respond to such a person. Say, my soul pants after you. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God, when we like come and appear before God. You know, he's yearning for a time to have a private time with the Lord. I'm going to read Psalm 84. Psalm 84, verse 1 and 2, he said, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faint for the court of the Lord. My heart and my body cry out for the living God. Is that your, can, you, can you say that is your response? Do you feel like that about God in any way? Or do you just feel like you are being dragged to the house of the Lord? You know, David said, I was glad. When they said to me, let us come to the house of the Lord. Some people, many people, many Christians today, that's not their experience. You know, they have to be dragged to the presence of the Lord. Somebody has to really send them a text. Somebody has to, you know, threaten them or they just, and they are coming grudgingly. Many of us, you come late. You just, you know, you, you know, you just come anyhow. 
You know, I wish that becomes our heart. The true feeling of our heart is to come and experience God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. I'm asking the Lord today to awaken spiritual hunger. Can we just pray? Can we just pray, lift up our hands and say, Lord, awaken spiritual hunger for the things of God in my heart. Lord, create a desire. Create a hunger. In a hunger that drives me, drives my passion, drives my desire. In the precious name of Jesus. Lord, create such an hunger here, Lord. Flood this house with hunger for you, with desire for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. I'm going to share four keys to spiritual hunger. Four keys to spiritual hunger. You know, four keys to spiritual hunger. Number one is to know that hunger is a gift from God. You know, I regularly thank God for the gift of hunger. I am a product of hunger. I'm where I am today because at some point in my life, God put an hunger. When I didn't even know, you know, God put an hunger in me, you know, and just that, that hunger now was fulfilled. I can relate so well with Deuteronomy chapter 8 that we read. I can relate so well with it because I've, I've, I can look through my life and see seasons when I was just hungry for God. I didn't even know what I was hungry for, you know. And the Lord, you know, that hunger would just drive me to really pray, to really seek the Lord the more, to really, you know, have personal time of fasting and prayer. I didn't even grow up in a church where they believe in fasting and prayer. You know, I remember growing up, um, you know, the pastor was praying and was saying, oh, anybody that fasts and prays, you know, it's because they are, they are crazy or they are, you know, that kind, of, that kind of an environment. But I just discovered that I began to really wanted to fast. I began to really seek the Lord. I remember a season like that in my life. And that season was followed by me meeting somebody, a mentor, that really helped me to know deeper things in the, in the presence of God. I remember even after I, I, became, I became saved, I was really kind of, you know, a, a comfortable, you know, just, just, just doing normal Christian life. I would pray. You know, I didn't really have any serious hunger. And I remember I had an experience that, you know, was a split, a few minute experience that changed even the way I prayed. You know, I remember I was, you know, I was in, I was in college at the time and I went to pray, you know, you know, in the morning, because obviously it was hostel, you have 10 people in a room. So there's an open field that we would just go and just have a prayer walk in the morning. And I would just do my prayer time, you know, spend some time there, just walk around and just pray the bless me, the normal bless me prayer, our Father who art in heaven, you know, the normal routine prayer. And as I was praying, and I saw another friend of mine, just, you know, I knew him, he was in you know, he was in another department, but he was praying. All of a sudden, I was torn by the language of his prayer. I actually stood and listened to him for a while. And I saw he was praying exact, just like David. Just like saying, God, I want to know you. God, I just want you to reveal you. I mean, he was, the intensity of his prayer was like, wow. I had never seen anything like that. I watch him, I watch him, and I say, you know what? I want to pray like that. You see, that few minute experience changed my prayer life. And I, I changed my prayer life to begin to seek God more intimately. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, hunger is a gift from God. 
You know, because spiritual hunger is not something that you can jinx up. It's not something that you can take credit for. It's not something you can make up on your own. It is a gift from God. I am praying today that the Lord will give you a gift of hunger. In the mighty name of Jesus. You know, John 6, 44 says, no one can come to God unless the Lord draws them. All right? You know, no one, no one can come to me, Jesus saying that, unless the Lord draws them. What the Lord uses to draw them is hunger. You see, you begin to see a deeper yearning for God. You begin, you, you begin to get tired. You see, the, the routine of just going through life, you know, just waking up, saying, you know, some five-minute prayer, you know, and some little devotional. You know, you just, you are tired of that. Or you are just tired of your life the way it is. You are not finding fulfillment. Now, the danger is to go and feed on junk food. And, that, and that's what we have in America today, right? People are yearning for something deep. They are yearning for some fulfillment. I mean, life has no meaning for them. They want connection. And what do people do? They go, they go gambling. They want some rush, emotional rush. What do people do? They're talking about the addiction to pornography now is at a high, as an incredible level. You know, because people are yearning for something. People are yearning for something. People are now practicing new age, you know, trying to be spiritual, trying to connect with their soul, trying to do all these crazy things. They are never fulfilling. People are yearning for something. They're yearning for company. They're yearning to feel good. They go to the bar. They go to the club. You know, to do those things, but they never fulfill. In fact, they destroy. They, they destroy life. They destroy people. So hunger is a gift from God. I'm just praying that the Lord will baptize you with that gift of hunger. I would like to go back again and read Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. Deuteronomy 8, 3. He humbled you, causing you to hunger. And the good thing about hunger that comes from God God will always feed you, you know. Where hunger goes without being met with food, it becomes obviously a problem. We know even in the physical, there are a lot of hungry people all over the world who don't have food. You know, they are hungry, they don't have food. That's a, that's a disaster. That's crisis, you know. But in the spiritual, when the Lord gives you hunger, he feeds you in return. That's why he said he causes you to hunger and then feeding you. And you see, he said it's a multiple, it's multiple times. He, he humbles you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna. It was a process. He will cause you to hunger and feed you with manna. And he's trying to teach you something. He's trying to say, I'm drawing you closer to me. You know, I want you to understand. I want you to know that man does not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hunger is a gift from God. I am praying, can we just ask him, Lord, please fill me with a gift of hunger. Just, Lord, gift me with that gift. I need a gift of hunger. I need spiritual hunger. Don't let me get to a place of apathy where I, 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 don't, I, I do not have any hunger for you, I am just satisfied with, you know, Sunday, Sunday. I'm just satisfied with going through life. No, I don't want to get there. I want to have perpetual hunger for you, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, 
we have prayed. Amen. Number two, hunger must be acted upon or it will fade away. You see, once God begins to put a hunger in you, you know, you must do something about the hunger. All right? Hunger is an invitation to feast on things that truly satisfy. You see, there are two verses I actually would like us to read. I believe I... Do I have Isaiah 55 too there? Do I have it there? Okay. Can you show it so we can read it? You know, can we read it together? Let's go. One, two. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the riches of fear. Why do you spend money on things that don't satisfy? And that's, that's our life today. People spend money, we spend a lot of energy acquiring money, acquiring fame, or trying to get things they don't satisfy. Why do you go for alcohol? Just to deaden pain. A lot of people have pain in their life. A lot of people have trouble in their life. They have things unmet need. A lot of people who just have, you know, they, they, they want affection. And they think the only way is to just, you know, go with every man around or go join some of some, some groups, some things that, that would... The problem is they never satisfy. He said, why do you spend your money on things that don't satisfy? Listen to me. Eat what is good. What is good comes from him. Anger, hunger, sorry, must be acted upon. The hunger is God's invitation to things, to a feast of things that satisfy. The issue is, the question is, Will you RSVP to God's invitation? I mean, what will you say in your RSVP? You know, we've been talking about retreats. Many of you, you are just RSVPing no. I mean, that's, a, that's an invitation. That's an invitation to come and encounter God. I mean, there are so many invitations you even receive personally that you deny. That you just say, you know what? The God is calling you to say, you know, why don't you set aside time to seek my face? And you're like, you know, you know, I think tomorrow. I think tomorrow. I think next time. I think when I grow up a little bit. You know, I think when I get married. That's why a lot of singles say. That's why you are the least represented in some of those programs. How many singles are here? You don't have to wait until you are 50 years old to go seeking, to start seeking God. The Lord said, seek me when I can be found. Those who seek me early. So you don't need to wait until you've gone through life. The devil has done numbers on you. You are jacked up, messed up emotionally. You know, you know. Then you are starting. It's harder to seek God at that age. You see, if you have been feeding yourself with junk food, it's really hard to switch and start eating healthy. It's, it's really hard to switch. Hard to switch. So why don't you start now when you're in your 20s, when you're in your 30s? Why don't you start really hunger for spiritual things? Why don't you really pursue God in a very meaningful way now? Hunger that is not acted upon will fade away. But you know, if you feed hunger, hunger will grow. Praise the name of Jesus. Leads me to the next point. Hunger begets hunger. You see, 
One good thing about spiritual hunger is the hungrier you get, the more you are fed, the hungrier you become in the things of the Spirit. And that's even life. You see, God causes you, you, you get hungry, you eat. You don't eat for the rest of your life, right? In fact, people who eat more get hungry more in the physical. Do you know that? I mean, so that's portion control is very important when you, when you really want to live healthy. One of the greatest things is to control your portion. You know, but people will eat in large quantities. The next time they need a larger quantity to satisfy that hunger because it creates a bigger hunger, a deeper hunger, and you keep eating more, eating more, eating more, and that becomes a problem. Then you need someone to counsel you. You need a nutritionist. You need a psychologist who really to help you work on your mind. You need something to, to, you know, to get your mind away. You know, that's, that's really what happens to people. That's what addiction does, right? People fill themselves with the wrong thing. People get addicted to drugs, for example, or cigarettes. You know, I mean, they get addicted to it. Then they can't stop because now there's, a, there's now hunger for it craving for it that is so difficult to stop you know they need a nicotine patch they need all these now there is e-cigarette now that people you know that people now even use to try and stop smoking and e-cigarette is causing all kinds of problems they are realizing you know why do you need to feed yourself with all these things only to want to win yourself off them you know but it's good to develop hunger for good things Hunger begets hunger. The hungrier you become, when you feed it, you, you, know, you get more hungry for the things of God. Praise the name of Jesus. I pray that your awareness of God will increase. I pray that your heart will be consumed by spiritual hunger in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that in the deepest part of your heart, God will put an insatiable hunger for him in the mighty name of Jesus. The last thing I want to say is our taste can determine the direction of our hunger. I've hinted that. I just want to put it there. Or what we call cravings, right? If you have been with a pregnant woman, you know there's something called cravings. Start craving for things, you know. You know my wife will be craving for Thai food when she was pregnant. And we'll be driving, looking for Thai restaurant. Very hot. <laughs> you know. And, you know, if you have a pregnant wife, you know there's something called crave. They start cravings or certain things. We all crave for things. And, you know, our taste determines our craving. You know, and that's why we, you must be careful what you eat. The best way is to start eating the right thing. And you see that you start desiring the right thing. And sometimes also when people are trying to, you know, lose weight or this, they focus so much on what they shouldn't eat. But can I tell you, that's really the wrong way to think. If you're just trying to say, what shouldn't I eat? What shouldn't I eat? No, no, no. What should I eat? All right? Turn it more positively. What should I want to eat? Because really, our cravings are just for what we're used to, what we've trained our taste bud to like. You see, what tastes good to us is simply... What we have trained our taste bud to like. That's why we say one man's meat is another man's poison. Have you noticed that some things that taste so good to you, you think you can do without, some people can't taste them. You know, 
Some people can just take them simply because they have not trained their taste board. You see, the truth is you can really train your spiritual taste board to like some things. You can. You know, many of these people today that you think you admire, you think they, are, they did not bring it from heaven. They, nobody has a disposition for spirituality. There's no natural disposition. We, nobody has it. Our natural disposition is just to eat junk food, spiritually. That's how all of us. That's why all of us have gone our own way, right? There's no one righteous. There's no one that seeks God. There's no one that was born naturally, they just start seeking God. No, 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 no. There's no one naturally that can just, oh, I was just born, oh, I've, I've been praying from my mother's womb. Anybody that tells you that is deceiving you, nobody, you know. Now, what happens is you must train your taste board, you know, to start liking things, to start seeking things. Psalm 34 verse 8 says, taste and see. The reason why many of you don't know, many of you here retreat now, you're shaking, you're like, me in some place, ah, no, I, can't, I cannot just imagine. You have never tasted it. That's why the devil deceives you. That, you know, ah, I don't want to go there. 24 hours, 48 hours, pray, read, ah, how is that? I'm not that serious. I can't do that. That's the enemy doing number on you, deceiving you, telling you you can't do it. The reason is you have, not, you have never tasted it. Whereas the story is always different. In fact, some people think you are crazy now coming to church. Do you know that? Some people think, church, what? Oh, Christian reading Bible? I'm not doing that. Ah, that's going to mess up my life. You know, most people don't come to God because they really know what he means, right? They think it's going to mess up their life. They think it's going to mess up the way they, they have their life figured out, right? Their life as they know it. They've trained their life. They've trained themselves to desire things that are wrong, and they think they cannot live without it. Yet those things are very bad for them. It's destroying them. You know, it's messing up their life, messing up their marriage, messing up their health, you know, messing up everything about them. Their life is in crisis, yet they continue to feed on the same things that get them in trouble. It's, it's weird. But the truth is, we can retrain ourselves. Praise the name of Jesus. Instead of craving junk food, we can start craving good things. Instead of being addicted to worldly things. You know, there's a verse I would like us to read and I will close. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 to 26. I want all of us to read it together. Hebrews chapter 11. Do I have it on the screen? I think I do, right? Let's read it together. Let's read it. Can you project it, everyone? Can we look at that? Let's read the Hebrews 11, 24 to 26. Let's go. One, two. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I want you to say that. By faith. Okay, let's, let's go verse 25 now. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. You know, he said, it is fleeting, it's going, it doesn't last. Let's go verse 26. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt, 
because he was looking ahead to his reward. You see, this is what Moses had to face, the dilemma he had to face. Now, by faith, he grew up, he grew up in a great place. He grew up in Pharaoh's house. He grew up as Pharaoh's daughter's son. And he said he had to make a different choice. He knew that the pleasure there is fleeting. You see, the pleasure, what he was enjoying there, that's, that's how Moses thought. That's how he really made his decision. He knew that staying in Egypt, being identified as an Egyptian, even though it was pleasurable, even though it was comfortable, even though it was better for him, because that means he was not going to be a slave, right? He was not going to have to work a day in his life. He was going to enjoy being an Egyptian, living in the palace, doing all these things they do. He knew that was not going to last forever. And that's, I want you to think about that. Many of the things that take us away from God now, they are not going to last forever. None of them. No matter how good they are, they are not going to last forever. They are fleeting. They are going to go. They don't last forever. Many of the things that make you feel, you know, pompous, you are better than everybody, you don't need this, I'm busy, I'm done, those things don't last forever. But they can be taken away like this, boom. Go and ask people who are sick, go and ask people who have terminal disease. None of those things don't mean anything anymore. They all of a sudden start fighting for their life. Isn't that what is more important? You know, they don't, they don't remember things. They just, their life becomes very important. And so Moses knew that. He said, you know what? This pleasure is fleeting. It's for a moment. You see, I would rather choose to be on the right side. I would rather choose to be with God's people. He said he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God. And that was a very good move. Otherwise, it would have been destroyed with the Egyptian. If Moses refused, God would have raised somebody else, right? You know what would have happened? God would have raised somebody. The children of Israel would have left Egypt. Egyptian, he would have been part of the army trying to pursue the children, trying to chase the children of Israel. You know that, right? He would have been that, and he would have perished in the Red Sea. You see, Moses made the right judgment. I wish, I hope many of us are thinking that way. You're looking at those things in your life that makes you feel not good now, that make you think that they are pleasures of sin. You know, sin, things that we pursue, sexual pleasure, you know, whatever pleasure, they don't last long. All right? And they've landed a lot of people in big problems, big trouble, turmoil, challenges. They, and they are spending their whole life cleaning up the mess, and they are not able to clean it. Those pleasure for a moment. And he said, he regarded the disgrace for the sake of Christ. Even though Christ wasn't there, he's trying to relate it to us now, right? A greater value. You see, there is a greater value in the choice you're making to seek God. It lasts long. It's eternity. It, you know, the good thing about it is also, he also had every other thing that you think you're seeking for. All right? Every other thing. And the Bible says when you seek first God and his kingdom, every other thing will be added. Praise the name of Jesus. Let's pray today and ask God to awaken spiritual hunger. Can we rise up and pray? And let's pray this seriously. Pray it as if you are praying for a million dollars. You know how you will pray if I ask you to ask for a million dollars? Many of you will be, will be pacing back and forth. You'll be saying, shakala bayaba. That's, that's how we do it, right? Uh, can we pray like that for hunger? Can we pray, Lord, in Jesus' name? Awaken spiritual hunger for the things of God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, awaken it in this house. Awaken it in this house. Among the young, among the old, among the children, among the adults. 
my Father and my God cause us to hunger, cause us to thirst for the things of God. In the mighty name, change our taste board. In the mighty name of Jesus, deliver us from wrong cravings. Deliver us from craving for things that don't satisfy, things that destroy, things that only give us pleasure for a moment. My Father, my God, deliver us from such craving, Lord. Begin to replace our craving. Begin to give us cravings for things that satisfy. Cravings for you, O God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I'm praying, Lord, increase our awareness of you, Lord. Cause our hunger for you to increase in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Increase our hunger for your word. Increase our hunger for righteousness. Increase our hunger, Lord, for, for gift of the Spirit. Increase our hunger for your presence, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen and amen.